0: far that has taken a turn has been awful and the room is just kind of dead and so they were working around the table it it came to my my friend and they said no it's your turn and she kind of played it coy because remember she can sing I mean she really can sing she kind of played it coy like oh no I don't want to but the other ladies in the group had already humiliated themselves with bad performances were not going to let her take a pass And so they literally grabbed her by the arms and start dragging her to the stage for her to sing. She realizes on her way up she hadn't even picked a song. So she kind of looks over her shoulder while she's being dragged up to the stage, yells at her husband, pick something for me. And so he looks at the menu, sees something from the 70s, the disco era that she kind of likes so much. And so he, he punches in the number and the sweet sound of the Bee Gees began to play. And she could hear that familiar rhythm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she starts to sing. She's hanging tight to the monitor. But the room starts to feel her performance. And so people finally, somebody can sing. So people are kind of, yay! And they're there's swaying to the music. So the more it goes, the more she feels it. And she pulls away from the monitor to kind of just get lost in the moment and sing from memory. And all of a sudden, the song is kind of getting up to that, the big chorus. And as she's building, her confidence is building, she throws her head back and sings the words that she had memorized from childhood. Bald-headed woman! Bald-headed woman to me! Bald-headed woman! woo Now at this point, the room which had been so with her now turns as people look at each other and go, did she just say bald-headed woman? Because the song is, if you know it, say it with me, more "More than a woman. Yeah. Have you ever gotten the lyrics to a song wrong? Has it ever happened to you? It's humiliating. Even if there's nobody else around, when you find out like the real, you're like, I cannot believe I thought this is what it said. So if you've ever memorized the wrong ly- you're not alone. In fact, here, we're going to play a video for you of some of the like top lyric fails. This, this is what people think is being said in one line. Underneath it, you're going to see what's actually being said. So take a look and listen to this. Watch this. saw her face, now I'm a believer, I've got I don't know about that one, that might be pretty right right there, you know what? <laughs> now if this ever happened to you, you know how it is, when, when you finally have the clarifying moment, you cannot believe that you've gotten it wrong all this time. Today we're thinking about our lives, and sometimes in our lives we think we kind of know the score, uh, we've got it figured out. Maybe even you kind of feel like you've, you've hit your peak, you know what's going on. But there are these clarifying moments for us where we realize maybe there's more to life than what we realized. Maybe God's got something else for us. Something that's further than where we've been before. As a church family, it can kind of be easy to think, man, maybe we topped out as Pastor Steve was with us. And now, where do we have to go? Man, we've, we've been as high, we've been as far as we possibly can go and get. And yet, there's a possibility that maybe that lyric is wrong that there's actually something more, something higher for us to reach for. Uh, In the picture that we showed you a little earlier, you could see two of my my youngest daughters. They're now 21 and 23. But when they were like, say, 6 and 8, they were pretty mischievous. And uh, they had decided that they wanted to reach a coin jar that was in the top of my closet, where I would put my spare change at night. Now, in order to reach that, they had to kind of conspire together to kind of climb this real cheap wire shelving like you get like at Lowe's or Home Depot. And so as they climbed it, when they reached to the top, that shelving is barely rated to hold like sweaters, not little girls. So by the time they reach the coin jar, the whole thing comes falling down and just stuff is everywhere. Now, when I come home, they're sitting there watching TV, and I go up to the bedroom to change clothes, I open the closet door, and just everything's, boom, laying right there in the floor. And so I go back downstairs, and there are these two little girls watching TV, and on the coffee table, there are piles of ice cream wrappers and popsicle sticks, which told me that somebody had rendezvoused with the neighborhood ice cream truck as it was driving through. And so I said, hey, girls, I went, up to the be- I went up to the bedroom into my closet, and there's all this stuff laying in the middle of the floor. Everything's torn off the walls, and it's in the middle of the floor. And their response was, huh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sometimes the things that we want, the things that we need, the things that we desire are going to be a little further than our current reach. And if we want what God has for us, it's going to mean that we have to reach for it. Today we're going to talk about reaching higher things. Things that God might have for your life. Things that are good things. Incredible things. Promising things. But things that are likely going to be beyond your current reach. And you're going to have to learn how to reach for some higher things things. What kinds of things? Maybe spiritual things. Things like learning how to read your Bible regularly. Maybe stepping into one of those small groups that they were talking about. Coming to one of these events that they've been broadcasting. Maybe it's something deeper spiritual. Maybe it's forgiving a hurt. Maybe it's reconciling a relationship. Maybe it's even taking the decision to say, you know what, I do need God in my life. And I do want to be his child. I do want to follow Jesus. Maybe it's a career thing. And there's a a new job that you want to reach for. Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe it's something like going back to school. Or maybe there's family higher things that you'd like to reach for. Maybe making a new start with your spouse. Maybe making peace with someone in your family from the past. Maybe it's just a choice to love again. To adopt a child, to reconnect with a prodigal adult child. I don't know what God might be stirring in your heart that's a higher thing. But my encouragement to you is to have your heart open. Maybe you thought you knew the lyrics of life. But in this moment, there's a clarifying opportunity that God might have something more for you. But you're going to have to reach for it. Reaching for higher things. Let's talk about that. I want you to take your Bible and open with me to a book of the Bible in the Old Testament, Joshua. And we're going to look at chapter 14. Got old school Bible, print and leather. What you can do is just go to the front, the book of Genesis, and go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. It's right there. It's the sixth book of the Bible. If you've got your phone, you can go to a site like Bible Gateway type in Joshua 14, it'll take you to the passage. We will provide it on the screen, but I would encourage you when you come to church to have a copy of God's word with you, whatever way that looks, because it's helpful for you to interface with it to know how you can go back to that passage in the future and continue learning from the word that God speaks to you in a moment like this, All right. So Joshua, the whole book of Joshua is a great lesson on how to reach higher. This is where The children of Israel, God's people in the Old Testament, move into the promised land, the place that God has for them. Chapter 14 in particular is interesting because it gives us a glimpse into the life of a man who was pursuing higher things. His name is Caleb, and Caleb is going to approach the leader at this time in Israel, Joshua, and ask Joshua to give him a higher thing that he was promised, all right? So chapter 14, we'll begin reading in verse 6. It says, Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. Now, if you know the backstory story to this, Moses, before they go into the land of promise puts together a reconnaissance team to go in and survey the lay of the land. There were 12 people chosen to be on that recon team. Joshua is one of them. Caleb is one of them. When they come back, they bring a report on their reconnaissance mission. And Caleb says, "...I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land." Ten on the reconnaissance team said, the land that God has promised to us is everything God said it was. However, it is populated by people that are taller than we are, and they live in walled, fortified cities. It's a great place, but we can't imagine how we could ever take this land. And so they kind of stirred up fear in people on taking occupation of this place of promise. But then there were two who gave this courageous report, Joshua and Caleb. So he says, for my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So Moses solemnly promised me, because I gave a good report, because I said we could take the land... He promised me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly, notice that word, wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now you can see the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. All right? Even while I was in Israel and I wandered around, I was... I was 40 then, but I'm 45 years past. Today, I'm 85 years old. Look at that. And I still can fight and travel as well as I could then. So verse 12, give me the high ground. Give me that higher thing, that hill country that the Lord promised me. You'll remember as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there. Giants in these great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. Now, in this passage in Caleb's story, there's several action points that we can learn from if we want to reach for higher things. So we're going to take note of four kind of declarations that we need to make if we're going to reach for something higher. All right, we're going to put these in personal terms. I, me, us, we here's the first declaration i have to be focused on my mountain the higher thing god has for me if you're going to reach higher you've got to be focused on the the mountain my mountain the thing that god has for me look at verse 12 again it says so give me the hill country that the lord has promised me now in that, you can clearly see Caleb is focused on what God has promised to him. This this is mine. God's promised me this. I'm focused on my that higher ground God has for me. I'm focused on it. Now, if you're going to focus on the higher thing God has for you, there's a couple of considerations that will help us do that better. One is this. We cannot be distracted by what God has for someone else. If you're going to be focused on what God has for you, you can't be distracted by what God has for somebody else. God has higher things for you, but guess what? He's got higher things for other people too. And you can't be distracted by what God has for him or her or them. You've got to be focused on what God has for you. You. I want to show you how easy it could have been for Caleb to be distracted. Caleb and Joshua, the two guys who get the positive report, Joshua is the one, however, who gets all the press. He seems like the one who is the better known and celebrated leader. But I want to remind you, it was Caleb, when they came back from their recon mission, who was the person that, is represented as the vocal leader of the two. Numbers chapter 13 and 14 kind of detail the report that the recon team provided. And when the 10 gave the negative report, it was Caleb who stood up to speak to the people and inspire them not to listen, but to, but to believe God could bring the land to them. It says in chapter 13, verse 30, Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can surely conquer it. This is what's interesting. Joshua, during this entire time, I'm sure he agrees with everything Caleb says, but he's quiet. He just stays in the background. And he lets Caleb say his piece. I mean, he's the person up front. No, 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 no! We can do this thing! Come on, believe! Let's rally! Let's go! It's Caleb, Joshua. And yet, when it came time for Moses to pick a leader... To follow him, guess who he picked? Joshua. Not Caleb. Now Caleb could have gotten distracted by that thinking, Whoa, 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 whoa! What do you mean picking him? I'm the one who spoke up. I'm the one who tried to rally the people. Why would you take him instead of me? What does he have that I don't have? he could have gotten hijacked by his bitterness over God picking Joshua instead of Caleb, but instead of letting himself get kind of swept away by what he didn't get, he stayed focused on what he was promised. You cannot be distracted. If you're going to reach for something higher, you cannot be distracted by what God has for someone else. Here's another little clarification for us. If we're really going to stay focused, we got to be careful that our reach for something higher doesn't stretch beyond our calling. What what God had for Caleb, it was big, it was awesome, it was bold, but it's what he had for him. He He didn't dream beyond where God was calling him. Sometimes it's easy for us to kind of allow ourselves to kind of go beyond where God is calling us because we think we can or we think we should or we think we're entitled to. We got to go where God is calling. Every year when American Idol was on, there were always people who showed up for the audition who believed it was their calling to be the next American Idol until they opened their mouth. And they started to sing, and they clearly could not sing. And then when they were told, you can't do this, they would get angry, wouldn't they? Go stomping out, you know, how dare they take away my dream? Well... It may be your dream, but bro, it is not your calling. You cannot sing. Sometimes the things we may aspire to are things God isn't calling us to. If you're going to be really reaching for higher things, you got to be focused on the thing God has for you and what he's calling for you. That's number one. Here's the second declaration, and that is how I reach for higher things matters. Not only that I I reach for it, how I reach for it matters. Verse 8 and 9, we are told Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord. Notice that phrase, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord with integrity of heart, with all that he is, his character behind it. He followed the Lord. Now, the word Caleb, if you were to read that word in Hebrew, literally means loyal. And interesting, the, the, the Hebrew language, they choose to be limited on the number of letters and words that they create, so they multi-use words. So one word may mean one thing, but it can be applied to something else. So the word Caleb means loyal, but the word Caleb in Hebrew is also our word for dog. Which kind of makes sense, because dogs are loyal, Right? You can scream at your dog and go, you idiot! And then you go, come here. And he'll come right to you. Why? Because they're loyal at heart. How many dog people are in the room? Let's see your hands. How many cat people are in the room? Let's see your hands. Hey, there's more than I thought. Okay, so, so it goes like this. The story goes... That uh, a dog looks at its owner and says, you pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, you love me, you must be God. A cat looks at its owner, says, you pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, you love me, I must be God. That's a cat. But a dog has a loyal character just like its namesake, Caleb. Now the scripture says that he wholeheartedly, that just means with integrity, with everything that he is, all of his character behind it, he pursued what God had for him. In fact, the book of Numbers describes Caleb this way. It just says he had a different spirit in him. He had a different spirit in him. And if you're going to be a person who reaches for higher things, we've got to have a different spirit in us to where we go for it with a sense of dependency on the Lord and humility and character. This is so important. How you reach for things really matters because watch this, the character that you develop while you are reaching for something higher, that character you develop while you reach is so important because you're going to need that character if you ever get there. The character that you develop as you're reaching higher is the character you're going to need if God brings you into that new higher thing, that new higher place. We see all the time people who reach a higher place who have not developed the character to get there. Lottery winners. One of the stories behind lottery winners is the surprising number of folks who win it all and lose it all. Because they haven't developed the character they need when they receive that abundance. Uh, do you remember the show back a few years ago, Extreme Home Makeover? Anybody remember that? Where they would pull the bus in, you know, move that bus. Remember that show? And they would, they would bring a family, like in one week's time, they would give a family a brand new home. And it was really moving, really emotional. But the dirty little secret of that show was how many people lost the houses that they were given. Because they just they weren't ready for higher taxes, they weren't ready for higher maintenance cost. And they, they say somewhere around seventy to eighty percent of the people that had a home given to them lost the home, because they just were given something higher and they didn't build the character needed once they got there. Uh, we see the same thing happen kind of sometimes in Hollywood narratives. Where, where somebody kind of rises to stardom like almost overnight? Remember little Lindsay Lohan? Remember her Parent Trap? When not she so precious in that movie? And just I mean, she catapulted, but she didn't build the character needed to to be able to make it once she made it. Or Crazy Charlie Sheen. He I mean, comes from an acting family, just a blue blood family of actors, I and mean, he didn't really have to work hard on his craft to get to the top. It was just kind of handed to him as he kind of, kind of stood in his place as a, a member of the you know Sheen family, the Kardashians, pick one. Doesn't matter which one, you know. Just you know, you because listen. The character that you're building while you're reaching, it matters because that's the character you're going to need if God brings you into that new place. That's why this season and time, listen to me, church, this season and time is so critical and important for this body because the character that you're building while you're reaching for this new season is the character that you're going to need when God meshes you with a new leader. If you sit back and you wait and you just kind of... You're you're not building what you're going to need because when God brings you that leader, when he, again, it didn't catch God by surprise. And I love Steve. Steve's a longtime friend of mine. In fact, I mean, I'm not taking credit for you guys, but when Steve was in our church in Texas, and he said, I feel like God's stirring in my heart to do something. You know, I I mean, I was the one who said, have you ever thought about planting a church in Colorado? (laughs) So I love Steve. But it didn't catch God by surprise when, when it came to, for Steve to have to go somewhere else. It really didn't. In part, what it means is God needed to bring in a new leader that could bring you into a new season. But you will not be prepared for that new season if you don't now build the character necessary. That's why during this time, man, you can't take it off. In fact, you've got to elevate your participation in what God is doing. So it builds the character so that we can walk in the new place that God has. Does that make sense? The character you build, man, that's so important. Here's number three. It's never too late to reach for something higher. It's never too late for me to reach for something higher. I love verse 10. Today, he says, I am 85 years old. And I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. I can travel and fight as well as I could then. I don't think he was delusional. I don't think he was like, I'm 85 years old and I can still fight. No. Because when when reaching for something higher burns hot in your heart, it just keeps you young. And I thought he never gave up on God's promise. And it was always burning hot and bright in his heart. And so when the door was open, he was ready to move regardless because of his age. It's just never too late. Some of you have just thought, there's just, my career's over, marriage is over, my my kids serving the Lord, it's just over. It is never too late to reach for something higher i love stories of people who don't give up on things one of the stories i think of kurt warner that people know kurt warner he's now a broadcaster but he was the super bowl mvp and a lot of people look at kurt warner and winning the super bowl mvp and just are amazed by that but they don't know his backstory he was not drafted coming out of college no team picked him up. He went and played in the Arena Football League, and when that folded, he went home and was just stocking shelves at a local grocery store at midnight, but he was still working out. He was still keeping himself in position. He was still keeping himself in shape. Why? Because he just wanted to he just wanted to believe for that higher thing that God had for him that he felt called to and when the St. Louis Rams at that time, St. Louis Rams called him on the phone and said hey we'd love to bring you in for a tryout he seized his moment because he just never gave up on never too late and I'm telling you right now it is never too late for God to bring you into the higher thing he has for you you just gotta let that burn hot in your heart here's the fourth final one I refuse, this is your declaration, I refuse to fear failure. I refuse to fear failure. Verse 12, if the Lord is with me, that's what he says, if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. When it comes to reaching higher, you cannot be afraid to fail. Caleb knew that if God was with him, he could defeat those giants. He could take down those walled cities and occupy that promise that God had given him. But he says, if, because he knew it wasn't a done deal. If, I want to go for it, but I don't know. Maybe we'll charge up that mountain and we'll fail. I don't know. But I'm not going to let a fear of failure hold me back from moving on what God has for me. And I get it, man. There are times whenever we think about the things that potentially are in front of us for reaching for something higher. What if I don't get the job? What if she says no? What if they turn down our application to adopt? And sometimes those fears can talk us off the ledge to where we won't reach for the thing that God has for us. We have to refuse to fear failure. One of my favorite movies is Apollo 13. And it's that story of NASA kind of taking over that botched mission to the moon. And there's that moment in the movie when Gene Krantz, who's a real person, makes this declaration in the room that failure is not an option. And it's a moving moment in the movie, and it's a stirring line, but it's terrible life advice. Because failure is an option. You just can't fear it. he was turning 30 and his dad sent him an early present the the, the party was later on in the week but the present arrived early and he thought to himself I wonder what my dad got me because his dad was a good gift giver when he graduated from high school his dad gave him a car When he graduated from college his dad wiped out all of his college debt. When he got married his dad gave them a down payment for a house. Very generous. A good gift giver. And so he thought my word I'm turning 30. This is a big one. And my dad's gift came early. What in the world has he given me he couldn't wait to the end of the week for the party and so he went ahead and ripped into it early and as he opened the package he thought you know what i bet you these are the tickets to take that european backpack trip that i've always talked about doing but I just didn't have the money for i bet my dad is going to do that and so he opened it and said you know what it might even be. We've talked about going fishing in Alaska. That might be what my dad is doing. Is he's he's putting together that trip, or or I don't know. Maybe he's just got some other just big. Because my dad knows how to give gifts. This is thirty. I'm turning thirty. It's a big one. What do you get me? So we saw inside the box. mirror, and he thought, well, there's got to be a Porsche <laughs> that this goes with, because my dad's a good gift giver, but there's a, there's a tag on it, It said, son, day you turned 30, I want you to know how proud I am to see how you turned out you worked so hard to complete your education. You've applied yourself nobly to your profession. You've become a dedicated husband and father. You've got so much, son. But I want to warn you of a danger. It's the tragedy of living life looking in the rearview mirror. When I was your age, I could see so many open doors and opportunities before me. Each one had great potential, but also with each a great risk. And so out of fear, I passed on many of them, most of them. And now, I live my life looking in the rearview mirror, gazing back at all I missed out on. Let this mirror be a reminder and a warning to never get caught looking back. Instead, see the opportunities that are in front of you. Reach for them, son. Reach higher. And so I say to you, Bridge Fellowship, reach higher. In Jesus' name, Let's pray together. If you would, just bow your head, close your eyes. Assume a posture of prayer and an openness of heart before the Lord. We asked God to speak to us, didn't we? And maybe over the course of the last few minutes he's spoken to your heart maybe you've settled for a certain place in life whether that's in your spiritual life your family your profession or some other category and the Lord is leaning into this moment to whisper into your ear to call to you reach Maybe he's revealed something for you to reach for. And in this moment, it's a great opportunity for you to solidify your resolve. You'll go for it. You'll not let the fear of failure overcome you. Not let excuses like, well, it's just too late. No, no. You'll reach with great focus for the thing that God has for you. So right there where you're sitting, why don't you just commit that to the Lord and say, God, I'm I'm in. I will reach for it. In Jesus' name, I'll reach for it. All that you have for me, Lord, I'll go for it. Heavenly Father, as you hear these still hearts crying out to you, will you respond? And will you provide Holy Spirit clarity and conviction? And will you give your power? Will you lean in with your shoulder and help every person as they reach for what you have for them. Father, will you get behind Bridge Fellowship in this time as they reach for something higher? Will you empower them, grace them? Head still bowed, eyes still closed. You might be here today. And the higher thing that you need to reach for is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Nobody reached higher than Jesus. On the cross with his arms stretched wide, he demonstrated that he loves you, cares for you, was willing to pay sin's penalty for you, went to the grave and was raised as a demonstration that God really does forgive you. In moments like this become clear that the higher ground God has for us is that relationship with Him. Don't settle for anything less. Other things may look like they are high ground, but they're nothing compared to the peaks that God has for you. Opening your heart to salvation is this easy. In just a second, I'll pray. A prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. If you pray it quietly in your heart, but you mean it, God will change your life. He'll set your feet on higher ground. If that's you, if you just feel it, you know whether God is putting his finger on your heart in this moment. You sense it, you feel it. If that's you, you just pray the same words. Just use my words to become your words. And invite Christ into your life. Just say, dear God, come on, it. Just tell him, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my life falls short of what you want it to be. But God, in this moment, the best I know how, tell him the best I know how. I ask Jesus to come into my heart and life. And I commit myself to following him all the days of my life. Now, head still bowed, eyes still closed. If you prayed something that simple, it results in a life change. The ground didn't shake, skies didn't split, but it's real. And this church family is here to help you foster that sense of faith to learn what it means to follow Jesus now step by step to have a passion and a life that constantly reaches for that higher thing God has for you so Lord thank you whether we started our journey of faith today or we've been on that path a while thank you for burning within our hearts a passion to not settle To not dismiss, but to reach for something higher. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.